0: Because I am normally in bed by 10.30. So, like, every time this is past my bedtime.
1: I thought you were going to say, I hang up with you guys and I roll over to the other side of the bed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck
1: you. <laughs> I reach over to my uh, sink to grab a cup of water and then I roll over in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago life,
0: babe. Oh, man. It's like I live in a closet. Cannot play with him. Cannot win with him. Cannot go with him. Cannot
2: do it
1: we're talking about practice, not a game, not a game, not a game, we're talking about
2: practice. Down goes crazy, down goes You are now locked in to the Clock Dodgers
0: Podcast. Clock Dodgers Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Clock Dodgers Podcast. I am your host, Neil. With me in the blue corner, we have Adam. What up, Adam? Oh, we fighting. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, this is, this is the way we have to relegate this at this point. And in the red corner, we have Josh. Greetings, Josh. Let's
2: go. I'm ready.
0: <laughs> oh, man. I'm like intimidated. Josh sounds actually he ready. Does. He does. He sounds like he's sounds like he's been
1: gearing up for this one, Adam. While you're doing nothing, Josh has prepared.
0: Cue the Rocky music that we can't get the rights to.
1: <laughs> but look, let's for real. Let's make a vow right here, right now. Besides this moment, we will not utter the names of Duke Johnson or Carlos Hyde. Can we do that?
2: Well, I'll
0: try. I'm good. Let's start with Sam Darnold. <laughs>
1: well, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, the other names, you know, we let, let, let's clear the air with Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, and Sam Darnold because I'm not going to tolerate these gentlemen holding this show hostage again. Between them <laughs> and Duke Johnson last week, we went forever. So let's talk about them. Let's get it off your chest. Mr. Adam in the blue corner, Josh in the red corner. I'm here in the neutral corner. Not really, though. But let's just say... Last week was interesting, right? After, after our conversation, last week was interesting.
0: I was going to say illuminating, but, you know, interesting, sure. <laughs> so, I mean, for
1: anyone who didn't listen, we obviously debated these guys at length last week. Um, Adam was very, uh, very, how, what would the word be word you would use for your your ins- insistence? Adamant. Adamant, yeah, there you go. You were adamant <laughs> about Jared Goff over these other two guys, and, and especially over Sam Darnold. Um, And Josh and me were on the other end fighting for Darnold and Kirk Cousins, you know, as well. But mostly Sam Darnold was the point of contention there. Um, And we see how this week played out. Uh, Sam Darnold is out here seeing ghosts. He's not doing anything other than that. He actually had a very Jared Goff like game from the week before. Right. I mean, at least yards wise and stuff. But I mean, how do we feel after this, Josh? Can we still defend our boy, man? Or we got to abandon ship?
2: No, I don't think we need to abandon ship. I mean, it was the New England Patriots. Like, he played badly. We're going to double down, right? He he played, yeah. He had a horrible game. But, no, I don't think you abandon ship.
1: Adam, are you surprised to hear that?
0: No. What I'm surprised by is how we were all wrong, and the real answer is Kirk Cousins all along.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Kirk Cousins goes out and throws for 304 touchdowns again. It's it's shocking to me how under the radar Kirk Cousins has been because at the beginning of the year, they just weren't allowing him to throw the football. And now that they've opened up the offense, he is just racking up fantasy points. And uh, yeah, I mean, I for what it's worth, Sam Darnold had a horrible matchup, but that was my whole point about Jared Goff last week is everyone was overreacting to one week against one of the best defenses in the league in a game that they just got destroyed in. But every other game this year, he's put up at least seventeen fantasy points and last week was one of his best. So yeah, I mean, for fantasy, I just I'm still at the same place I was at. I I don't understand the belief in Darnold. And
1: I think it's important to note also what Kirk Cousins is he did that with Dalvin Cook going off too. (laughs) So it wasn't like, you know, they faded Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins did his thing. This was like everybody did their thing, everybody went off. And so, yeah, man, I guess we, we we can't even as long as the Vikings do things the right way, it looks like we can't even say that Cook is going to hurt Cousins at this point. Like they, they they proved to us that they could both do it at the same time in the same game and it not affect either one of them. So, yeah. I mean, like Josh said, I don't think – and like you mentioned, like Donald had a bad matchup. It just is what it is. Like the Patriots defense is literally playing like as one of the best defenses ever. Like they're just insane this year. And – Sam Darnold got his taste of it, you know, and it's just what it is. And like you said, Jared Goff, maybe that's what happened the week before. We'll see. I don't know. Does Kirk Cousins play the Patriots at all this year? Don't believe so. That would be fun. That would be fun to see how that would play out. But, yeah, it is what it is.
2: You know, with Cousins and the – not Cousins and the Patriots, but just Cousins and the Vikings, like, I think for me the lesson here is not to listen too much to, like, we want to run. We want to run the ball. This is how we want to. What they really have to do is win games. And sooner or later, if the if the good players are in the passing game, I feel like they force the coach's hand.
1: Right. Yeah. It's it's fair. Yeah. Yeah. We. It it was playing out that way earlier in the year. People were getting worried, right? That like they're just gonna run, 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 run. Yeah. Sure. I was. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. it's, It's an important point to notice. Yeah. It definitely, uh, like I said, they showed they could do it all in one game, which was uh, important also. But, all right, I don't want to sit on these guys for too long. (laughs) Like I said, if you want to talk about Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Sam Darnold, Duke Johnson, or Carl's Hyde, listen to last week's episode because we did it. Um, But this week, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, especially with trades starting to happen. some, Some decently big injuries have happened. You know, there's a lot of stuff to get to besides our normal stuff. So let's start with some of that bigger news that's happened just like the last in the last couple of days since Sunday. Um, the biggest one I would say is probably uh, Emmanuel Sanders getting traded to the 49ers. You know, personally, I love this trade, you know, for me, I feel like day one, he's the most relevant wide receiver in San Fran. It's what they've been missing. I actually like it even from a, not a fancy perspective, but just a trade. I feel like, you know, the 49ers did well in that trade, especially when we talk about the next guy that got traded earlier before that, but the Sanders, change a whole lot for you guys? I mean, obviously, you know, he was doing okay in Denver. You know, no one no one didn't like the guy in Denver previously. So, I mean, he's always been a, a you know, a productive guy. But does him going to the 49ers, is it more of a bigger impact on him for you? Or is it on the other guys that were already on the team? Like, how do you guys feel about this whole Sanders and all the 49ers? I
2: think it tells us a lot about how the 49ers viewed the, the wide receivers that they already had in camp. Like, I think Pettis is just – like I, this is it. It's no hope for Pettis this year. Sorry. Debo's a rookie. So that's a little bit different, but that's what I'm taking away from it. Adam, you
0: think it's, it's interesting. Pettis thing. Uh, yeah. I mean, to some extent for sure. I, I think that the 49ers are in a position where they're, they're undefeated. So if they're like, out there trying to acquire a veteran wide receiver, it's because they think Sanders can come in and play right away. Um, to me, though, honestly, the, like, the largest beneficiary in all of this is coming from Emmanuel Sanders' departure. And, uh, I mean, ultimately, this is going to leave a lot of opportunity on Denver that is going to go unfilled. And there's going to be tons of opportunity for players to step up. And just, like, when you have this target void, it just – it's going to open up opportunities there. So I think to me, San Francisco is just going to continue doing what they're doing. I don't think it's going to be as big of a impact for Emmanuel Sanders uh, as it is. It's going to be an impact on, on that Denver offense to see kind of who steps up into that, that target share.
1: Yeah. I've seen people mention in Hamilton as a guy that, you know, is the obvious, you know, uh, beneficiary, but like you, like, like we've mentioned in the past, it's never like, it's never typically one guy that's going to like, t- you know, take all this. Now it's going to be spread out whether, you know, Philip Lindsay gets some more targets, whether there's a guy behind Hamilton who they favor, you know, it, you know, in reality they're making this trade cause they're just, you know, they're going to start selling guys. So it's not like they might as well just play their younger guys. They might as well play guys that they want to get action now, you know, to finish out the season. Um, yeah, I mean, Josh, is there a certain guy in Denver, or Adam, is there a certain guy in Denver that you like more now because of this? Is it Hamilton? Is he the only obvious choice, or is there someone else that you guys like? sneak? I early? think
2: Sutton's target share will probably go up. Which is crazy.
1: <laughs> That's crazy.
0: but
2: I mean, he's only at 23% if I'm looking at the right yeah. thing here. So I I think I wouldn't be surprised if he got north of 25, 26, you know, pushing push those big numbers
1: Man, that's, that's great for Sutton.
0: Yeah, that's I feel like time. Sutton's going to be the biggest beneficiary of this. Um, I mean, potentially, like you said, they're going to start using younger guys more. So Noah Fant might see some work, and there might be some you know, potential emergence there. But, yeah, I mean, it's not like it's a high-profile offense or anything. So I think it just solidifies Sutton as just an every-week start, but he kind of already was at that status.
1: Yeah, he bullied his way there, man. That's a fact. Um, the other – trade that happened before that trade, which you kind of wonder if, at least from the reports I've seen, um, this guy was, the 49ers also wanted this guy over Sanders possibly, but uh, Muhammad Sanu is a Patriot. And it's interesting that we're talking about these two trades because these are both like two of the best teams in the NFL and they're not being complacent. They're not, you know, sitting satisfied with what they have. They're just pushing the envelope even further. But Mohamed Sanu gets traded from the Falcons to the Patriots. You know, again, from a non-fans perspective, I've voiced it on Twitter earlier today and yesterday and got some people annoyed. Some people agreed, but I don't don't like to trade for the Patriots from like the pick standpoint, like how high of a pick it was for them. But obviously, this is the situation where uh, a great team gets to take these risks, gets to take these chances, and it's only going to, you know, elevate their game. They're trying to win these Super Bowls just like the 49ers are. So they're going to take these gambles and these risks. And, you know, really just looking at this year, that's all they care about. And I understand that. From that perspective, I get it. I know they always seem to work it out some way or another. They don't lose. So we'll see how it plays out in the end. But Mohamed Sanu is a Patriot. I feel like you know the wide receivers in in, in New England are now just as bad of a situation as the running backs were. Like You don't know from week to week really which guys. You know someone's going to get a lot. You know someone's going to do well. You're just not sure where it's going to go. And at this point, this is just the same thing for me. I I don't know what to do anymore with the Patriot wide receivers and who's playing, who's hurt, who's going to get it this week, who's going to do bad this week. It's, like, unpredictable at this point. Is there any guys, does Sanu muddy, muddy this more for you guys? Are you, are you with me on that? Or do you feel like there's something obvious happening here?
0: I mean, the only thing that kind of was a potential for me when I heard this is Josh Gordon's injury is worse than it initially seems, and mm-hmm. he's going to be missing extended time. Yeah. Um, But even with that, it seems like it's such a weird move. I mean, paying a second for a 30-year-old wide receiver – that's weird enough especially when they're still thriving i mean they haven't lost a game they just beat the jets by 30 plus they didn't you know they didn't they haven't seemed to really miss wide receiver talent you know they're making do with dorsett and jacoby meyer like this seems to more muddy the waters more than anything um i think that from a fantasy perspective like it just makes Edelman the only person you can start in that passing game moving forward unless something solidifies. Even if Josh Gordon comes back, I think, because he wasn't really getting enough of a target share to begin with, and this is just going to make that even
2: worse.
1: Does
0: this hurt your Nikhil
1: Harry, Josh?
2: Yeah, I think it does. I, th- I think that the Patriots must not plan on using him very much later in the year even, so that that was one thing that that hurt me. And I think it also is good for Calvin Ridley because I think Muhammad Sanu is just like a really solid NFL player who who can take targets away from even a quality receiver, you know, a quality up and coming receiver like Calvin Ridley. So I think having Sanu not be there will help him.
1: Am I saying it wrong? Is it Sanu? I can't ignore that because <laughs> I say Sanu. <laughs>
0: i'm saying it i've always heard and said sanu as well it's okay josh doesn't realize that he's he's very (laughs) southern (laughs) i can't
1: i can't ignore it josh i'm sorry
2: okay i got you sanu
1: sanu i can't help but you know acknowledge it um but listen it seems like with both of these guys that we're talking about here that just got traded we're talking more about the team they left and how that impacts them more than the team they're going to
0: For sure. I think Josh bringing that up is a great point. And I think Ridley is a huge beneficiary, but I also think Julio is a bit too. Uh, And I think Hooper is as well. It's just, you know, as we've kind of harped on throughout the year, or at least as I have, because especially playing DFS, this is one thing that becomes abundantly clear to me, but teams that have consolidated offenses are just so much easier to identify for fantasy. So when you have somebody like Sanu that was taking up targets and he's leaving that offense, And you've got guys like Hooper and Julio and Ridley who are basically every week players. It just makes you feel more confident in those plays. And even like a guy like Devonta Freeman, it gives me a little bit more confidence in just to potentially see more work in the passing game.
2: Yeah, for sure. The Atlanta Falcons are like the best thing for fantasy this year, aren't they? Like their defense is you know a target, and then they go ahead and get rid of Mohamed Sanu just just so that we can have some clarity on. Jones, Ridley, Hooper. I just really appreciate what the Falcons are doing with their organization.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'd love to say that they're in every week playing DFS, but I thought that last week and I lost money, so that
2: was fun. (laughs) Do you mean you played Falcons or, like, you played players against the Falcons?
0: Well, both. I mean, that that game, though, like, it was just a bad game to stack because the Falcons did so awful.
1: Well... You don't have to worry about it anymore, Adam, because Mohamed Sanu is a patriot now. And, uh, and uh, I'm going to start saying... Wait, 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 like
0: wait, 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 wait. Did they say Sanu Ara? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Josh, thank you for this new way to say Mohamed Sanu's name. We're going to start something here, Josh.
2: On- <laughs> I can't believe I never realized that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's legendary <laughs> stuff, man.
1: All right. So those are the two big names that got traded I, I expect more are going to keep happening. It seems like trading has become a more uh, easier thing to get done in the NFL these, these days than it used to be. So hopefully we see some more names flying around, some bigger names, some different names. We'll see how it plays out. Um, one name that got injured, that got placed on the IR, that is going to affect some fantasy seasons is on Johnson. I have not, I've, I've openly not been a fan of this guy. So I, you know, for me, I, I'm kind of shocked. Let me, let me say this. I haven't been a fan of him, right? And I'm shocked that I didn't roster any of his backups besides CJ Anderson when he was there. Um, so I'm kind of shocked that this is catching me off guard. But um, as far as on Johnson, I know you guys seem to you guys are bigger fans of him than I am. And at least the, you know, the, at least the, at least at least the carries and stuff he was getting, the work he was getting. You guys were believers in that at least, right? You favored yeah, him mean. a little bit.
0: Yeah, his workload. We right. talked about it a little bit yeah. last week. I mean, his workload definitely. Um, but I've I've never been a fan of the player. Okay. I did wasn't really. I didn't own him anywhere coming into the year. Yeah, I either. hardly own any best ball shares. Uh, I really thought he was going to be a Abdullah 2.0, and it's ironic that he's now on the IR because
1: <laughs> two seasons really in a row fulfilling
0: that prophecy so well. Yeah. Two um, seasons in a row. So the only thing I'm bummed about is that all of my C.J. Anderson best ball shares are not going to hit <laughs> because they've got a guy in uh, Ty Johnson who really seems like – I mean, he could be not necessarily like the real deal, but I think he's going to step into the vast majority of the volume on this offense.
1: Yeah, they also have, what, McKissick there also, right?
0: Yeah. No one's JD talking McKissick. about him.
1: No one seems to care about McKissick. Everyone cares about Johnson. Is he just the flavor of the week? Is he just the young guy that everyone likes? Like, why are we ignoring McKissick
0: McKissick's just kind of a gadget guy um I mean he could he could turn into you know a high volume pass catcher potentially like a Theo Riddick in that offense um it's I mean it's not impossible especially because that's a role that Matthew Stafford has just had previously um but I think that most people just gravitate towards the volume and that's probably going to go to Ty Johnson
1: that's fair Josh how do you feel about it you, did you I, have a lot I, of the carry no, on, shares? Carry so on
2: was not having a great year, and I think Carry on is a quality player. And then, so, so after Carry on not being able to, you know, be more than eleven point four fantasy points per game, RB twenty four overall. We're, now we're getting a guy who I don't think he's going to be much of a pass catcher. And I think to to be relevant on the Lions, you're going to have to be pulling in all of that passing work. I mean, he did get four targets last week, but I just, I think he's going to be more of a thumper and McKissick is going to be active in the passing game and you'll be lucky if you get an RB2 out of either one of them.
1: Yeah, so now you feel like they, now, now we're splitting carry-on into two
2: players basically. and Yeah, like, and carry-on was literally the last RB2, RB24, and you we're splitting that, I think.
1: That's fair, that's fair. So then who do you want to own out of those two? Are you with, are you with, I mean, if,
2: if, Ty Johnson is available, I'm adding him, but like, I'm not, I'm not as excited about Ty Johnson as I am about Chase Edmonds. And I'm definitely not as excited. Well, Chase Edmonds greater than, greater than, greater than, but I, I might even be more excited about like Benny Snell than Ty Johnson. Interesting.
1: And Why? What's the logic?
2: Well, because the Steelers' offense, I think their rushing game has been a lot more uh, dynamic and interesting and productive than what the Detroit Lions have shown us. You know, like when when they had Mason Rudolph out there for quarterback, they had a game where they split the work between Jalen Samuels and James Conner, and – Connor had a great week, even with Jalen Samuels taking like eight receptions and having a good week unto himself. And then the the one week before the bye that Benny Snell got worked in, I think he had like 75 yards. And it just seems like we're getting a lot more fantasy production out of the Steelers than what we've seen, even from on Johnson with the Lions.
1: You with him on this, Adam? Are you concerned about both running backs or do you actually like Ty Johnson?
0: No, I think it's a terrible situation. I mean, it, you know, it just doesn't project to be, it it projects to be an offense where they're going to split the touches between the running backs. And they didn't have a lot of volume going to the running backs to begin with. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not enthusiastic, but like Josh said, I mean, Ty Johnson's an ad, like he's a fine guy to have on your bench on the off chance that he does see the majority of the volume there. Um, but as of now I'm, I'm not that enthusiastic
1: got it so we're not excited at all about this team's running backs we weren't excited about carry on here at least on this podcast and we're not excited about their backups that's for sure so um we're not gonna endorse any of those guys um the other injury well one other thing i wanted to ask you guys about the carry on john situation do you guys think there's any chance that they bring someone in Make yeah, irrelevant, maybe, make these but, too but, irrelevant.
2: but I don't know that he would come in and be the starter.
1: Right. Gotcha. Okay. So we're not really concerned about these guys at all, and we don't want no part of them. Um, but they will be on a lot of people's waivers. That's for sure. Um, the other guy that got hurt that seems to be uh, a more serious injury, or at least more than just hey, you know, maybe he's doubtful, whatever this week, uh, is Will Fuller hurt the hamstring? we're all Will Fuller supporters here. So this sucks for all of us. Um, Obviously, you know, still has played well in that game. You know, his stock goes up, um, just becomes someone you can trust even more rather than, you know, being concerned about the inconsistency there because of all the different guys. But um, this situation here, obviously sucks for Fuller. You know, it just seems like he's just injuries. is just this thing, man. It's like, you're just going to deal with it. There's no way to avoid this at this point. Um, How do you guys feel about the situation is, is Stills your guy? Or are you with the Kiki key key bandwagon? What's going on here?
0: I think Stills takes over the targets that were going Fuller's way just because they're very similar players. Like the way in which they're going to be utilized best. I mean, Stills, I honestly think, uh, is a more versatile uh, wide receiver. But as far as like having a large A dot and you know working downfield, he'll be able to do a lot of the things that Fuller was doing. So he'll be able to run a lot of similar routes. Whereas Kiki Kuti, he, he's way more um, close to the line of scrimmage. You know, he's going to do a lot of his work after the catch. So I think this definitely helps Stills. It definitely is going to funnel more targets in his direction. But I think it also is just going to help Hopkins. I mean, they were they were targeting Fuller way too much for the production that he was having. I mean, really, outside of one game this year, he has not had a single productive game. I mean, he had one insanely explosive game, but everything else had been pretty lackluster. But through that, I mean, he was seeing six targets, seven targets, seven targets, nine targets. So he was being targeted. Um, So just having those targets have the ability to spread out a little bit, I think it's going to help guys like, you know, Hopkins become a little bit more stable where he's been more up and down throughout the year.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. And, and the beauty in not the beauty, I guess I don't want to find. But if you try to find a positive in the injury is that if you have Deshaun Watson, if you have Hopkins, if you have stills, if you have the running backs who will not be named like you're not this injury isn't going to slow down the show. You know what I'm saying? Some teams, a guy gets hurt. They carry on Johnson. You know, you don't know how it muddles things. Certain players go down. You're like, oh, man, everybody's going to take a hit from this. In this situation, it's not going to slow down any of your other Texans. So you don't have to worry about it in that regard. It's just if you're a Fuller, you know, if you have him and you depend on him, it's going to suck. But, um, Josh, how do you feel about the situation, man?
2: Yeah, I I think that the Texans really were sharp going out and getting Kenny Stills because in the past without Fuller, they have been a less explosive offense. But now with Stills – I, I think they can maintain some semblance of what they were doing. I don't think Kenny Stills really is quite Will Fuller. I think Will Fuller is more versatile, but but Kenny Stills is helping them.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, he definitely is. It's gonna be, it's gonna be, um, it's gonna be fun to see. I mean, how do we know how long Fuller's out for now? Have they mentioned it yet? No,
0: I, I don't think there's a timetable okay. at this time. Might as well not be well
1: full air might as well not be a timeline yeah it just sucks like i said man like you just want to see a guy sometimes put a a complete healthy season together to see what he can really do with it and i'm gonna assume he's gonna miss at least several weeks you know with this injury so it just is what it is but definitely if you got still i I wouldn't play kiki because of this but i would definitely feel way more confident with stills now you know um
0: yeah i wouldn't get crazy about kiki but just yeah really quick everything i'm seeing online is saying several weeks
1: so that's what i figured i would
0: say for fantasy you'll be lucky if you get them back to the fantasy playoffs yeah especially like you know i
1: mentioned all these guys there's no reason to rush them so it is what it is um the other two guys that were i guess important that got hurt but i don't think are serious at all are matt ryan and Thielen. do we know anything about these two I'm assuming they're both gonna be back next week, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, neither have been rolled out for this week. Okay, cool. So
2: those are not we don't want to get too deep into Thank areas. God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Digs went off again though, man. Digs went from nothing to just boom. <laughs> oh man. Beautiful Vikings offense. All right. So that those were all the big headlines, the big news things that I wanted us to touch on before we jumped into our regular program Get ske- regular scheduled program. There we go. Regular scheduled program. So, we're going to jump over to trust issues. And we're going to, I feel like there was no better way to start trust issues this week than not with a player, but with the Arizona Cardinals. And there's so many reasons why I feel like they should be here. But the first thing I say is just fuck them straight up. <laughs> I just have to come out saying that because not only did I start Johnson this week because of their nonsense of telling me he's going to play. I also told people to play him when I was asked questions and start-sit questions, and I was even asked specifically, do I trust him? And I said yes, because I figured, why would the Cardinals play him? Why would they play their star running back if he's hurt, right? Why would they risk it? Why would they do it? So I feel like if they're going to do it, then how can I not tell you to start him? You know what I mean? And obviously, that burned us, which, you know, it's fine. Like We all make bad plays. We all make bad start-sits, whatever. But then, you know, they go on Twitter, they harass people, they mock people like, oh, you should have started Chase Edmonds. And it's like, what? Like, come on, man. Like you, if you would have just benched DJ, we would have started Chase Edmonds. I know some people did anyway, but like, it just kind of bothered me Um, more so because I told other people to do it. And like, I felt confident in it because they made me confident in it. But Arizona Cardinals, I know you guys feel more strongly about a lot of players on their team than I do. Um, I know you guys are, at least Adam is sold on the coach. Even though John Gruden's a better head coach, that's fine. Um,
0: it's it's good. John Gruden
1: has a better offense. He calls oh, better you plays. See
0: how we both audibly laughed at that. It's okay.
1: John Gruden has a legit offense, and this guy is a clown in Arizona. But that's fine. Um, what's up, guys? Chase Edmonds going crazy. I mean, what's going on here? Like, how long is DJ out for? Do we even know? Have they ever been clear with us? Now, is he back?
2: I don't. I think he's day to day. I wouldn't be surprised if he practiced, like, Thursday and Friday. So if DJ's
1: back, what does that do for Chase Edmonds? Like, he explodes onto the scene. When we all got, you know, fooled over here. We all got conned by the Cardinals. I mean, er- everyone's going crazy about him, Like right? Like, everyone's going nuts. But, like, should they be? I mean, what's going to happen next week? We're not going to play Chase Edmonds even though we activated him? Like, I mean, how, how is this going to go forward? I don't trust Arizona Cardinals, period. Except I'm playing my boy Kyler Murray because Adam wanted him and I just drafted him and kept him. But other than that. What's going on here, guys? You guys make more sense of this for me since you love the head coach and you love the offense and you love all of this stuff. Help me out.
0: All right. Well, I'll just jump in here because I actually – I'll have trust issues with them moving forward from a team perspective. In three of the next four games, they're playing the 49ers twice and the Saints once. Ouch. They're going to lose those games, and they're going to struggle on offense. It's going to happen. Um, unfortunately, that's just where they're at as a team. Uh, from what I've seen, because I obviously have watched the Arizona Cardinals a little bit more than probably any other NFL team this year, um, when they run the actual air raid offense and try and you know spread teams out and run well-designed plays, they look phenomenal. When they get into gimmick mode and start – running the wildcat or running a screen on the two yard line. When you have no timeouts left, like they do stupid shit and it's pretty infuriating to watch them make these decisions because I think overall, if they, if they just ran the offense the way that it's drawn up, they could be extremely successful. Um, That being said, I mean, this is going to be a huge test. Um, the, The 49ers to me are the best defense in the NFC the Saints might be the second best defense in the NFC. Um, so they're really going to have some tough matchups coming up here. And then coming off the bye, they have tough matchups down the stretch for the, at the end of the season too. I can't remember the exact matchups, but I remember looking at this before. So uh, ultimately I think it's going to be a situation where as a team, I'm not going to be like super confident in them winning football games. That being said, from a fantasy perspective, Just from volume alone, they're still super interesting um, just because of how many plays they run and the fact that they have been efficient on offense. Um, Last week, though, really made me nervous with Kirk because – I'm sorry um, – with Kyler Murray because he ultimately was phased out of a game because they became successful running the football, and I didn't think that was something that we'd see from them at all. Um, so that's given me a lot of pause as far as Kyler Murray being just like this every week starter, especially with him going up against these really tough defenses. So I think he, at least for me, becomes someone who I'm potentially questioning matchup to matchup, especially if you have a guy like a Kirk Cousins or someone who has the potential to have these huge blow up weeks as well. So I think that I, I definitely have more questions than You might assume
1: before you go, Josh, I love that you guys knock John Gruden. Like he's this old head coach. He's calling plays from 10 years ago. Meanwhile, these guys are running plays that like weren't effective since 2008. Like Ronnie Brown.
0: Yeah. I can't even argue with that. I completely agree. I mean, yeah, I've watched a good amount of Oakland too. And you don't, you don't see that's one thing. John Gruden isn't, he's not a gimmicky coach. I mean, he might not make like the most aggressive decisions, might run the ball more often than I think he should or in poor situations. But, like, I hate I hate gimmick because <laughs> it, it so rarely works and it's so often just, like, smells of overconfidence. So, I don't know. I, I hope that the Cardinals continue to cut it out of their offense more and more because I feel like that's the shift that I've been seeing the last few weeks. Yeah. Josh,
1: give me something to trust in Arizona since I don't trust them. Adam doesn't trust them to a certain regard. Give me something to trust, Josh.
2: I think in these tough matchups, you'll be able to trust Kyler Murray. I I think Adam was right about saying that they're going to, you know, more than likely lose these next three games. And there may not be a lot of rushing volume for Chase Edmonds or David Johnson, but I think Kyler Murray will be good. And, and, you know, talking about the gimmick, that might just be a college coach thing you know because i think that type of stuff works in college more and what we've seen so far from cliff i think he's willing to make adjustments i think we've seen him change things kind of on the fly so so hopefully hopefully he's on the same page with us and sees what's working and expands that and cuts out the things that aren't
1: yeah hopefully he's listening to the podcast he's on the same page as us guys because uh, he should definitely be taking our advice right
2: he should be always, always, at least. We're Unless it's about, about Sam Darnold
1: or, or Duke Johnson. Can you imagine if Duke Johnson was a Cardinal? Oh my god, I never hear the NBA. oh my
2: gosh, never hear the would NBA. they would I mean, it would be Chase Edmonds, right? It would be <laughs> RB1.
1: We gotta move on. I shouldn't have brought the name up. Um, <laughs> the next guy on the list, a player who's better than Duke Johnson, Mark Walton. Um, oh my god, do we trust Mark Walton? Uh this was his, this was our first real exposure to him with you know this many touches. I don't trust any Dolphins running back, period. So you can have them all, even if you do trust them, I don't I don't like any of them. The only guys I trust on this team is Preston Williams, basically, at the most. I know uh Josh is a big Devontae Parker fan, so he'll tell you to trust Devontae Parker. Um but other than that, yeah, I don't I don't trust Mark Walton. It's not even a test – it's not even really about Mark Walton. It's about the Dolphins and how they play and that they're not that good. And so it's hard to trust any running back there. But, um, yeah, I, I don't trust him. Do either one of you trust this guy? If you don't have him on your team, are you picking him up? Do you care? Would you start him?
2: Well, first of all, I love the, like, Devontae Parker is scoring touchdowns so he's good. It's beautiful. Because we all know that that is how you know if a player is good. Of course. if If a wide receiver scores touchdowns, I mean – can't hear they come. So, and then Mark Walton, I, he may be a good player. I, I don't know. I kind of doubt it. I think he's a knucklehead, and it, I'm not sure that it matters on the Dolphins. They they are just so bad. They are <laughs> 31st in points, 31st in yards from scrimmage as a team. the The best statistic they have as a team is that they are 23rd in rushing touchdowns, and the rest of it is worse.
1: 23 23
2: yards per drive and one point per drive I, i just don't think i in dynasty i think you add mark walton you know if you can if you if you've got a roster spot and you hope that next year the dolphins are less terrible
1: is that possible adam can we hope for that
0: yeah i um Yeah, I don't even know if I'd be doing that. I mean, (laughs) honestly, I feel like the thing you were hoping for from Malk Walton is that he'd be a consistent asset in the passing game, but now you got a full week of Ryan Fitzpatrick starting, and Ryan Fitzpatrick don't throw the ball. No running back. (laughs) It's just, I mean, you know, they they targeted Kenyon Drake more than him this week. So I feel like the the only silver lining for me is if he's catching passes in that offense because you can't think that that offense is going to be reliable enough for him to be scoring touchdowns right. every week right. so if he doesn't if he's not catching passes he's basically irrelevant to me so this past week showed that he's basically irrelevant unless you know he starts seeing a ton of usage in the passing game again
1: sorry mark walton you are officially irrelevant and uh to be fair in offense of ryan fitzpatrick why would you pass the ball to running backs when you have Devonte parker as a wide receiver um and to the last guy on our our trust issues list here is a man who went off this last week he went off and that is marvin jones that is marvin fucking jones is there any reason not to trust marvin jones adam or josh any reason any reason at all
0: uh no guys i got it figured out all right you trust him every third game yeah
2: exactly
0: (laughs) so so far this year 10 fantasy points nine fantasy points 25 fantasy points then 10 fantasy points three fantasy points 43 fantasy points so yeah um i mean he's he's will fuller you know he's gonna He's going to have the occasional huge blow-up week, and then the times where you have him in your lineup, he's going to score 10 and under. It's going to frustrate the heck out of you. Yep. I mean, he's a great best ball wide receiver, but he's the type of guy who in seasonal leagues, I mean, it, it, it's tough because he's two year removed from the top 12 fantasy season. So, like, he, he has the pedigree. But as far as that offense goes, I mean, Kenny Galladay is still going to be seeing probably the majority of the targets there. Um, I think that this was just a matchup that he could beat, and he beat it over and over and over again. Um, Definitely didn't expect it coming into the game, but if they're able to do that and still lose, I think that it's not something that, like, from a coaching perspective, they're going, oh, man, we need to make sure we get Marvin Jones 13 targets again next week. I think it's just... (laughs) a one-week kind of fluky thing.
1: Right. For a um, big Galladay supporter, Josh, did, did this kill you to watch this happen?
2: Yeah, Well, I mean, Kenny Galladay's game tilted me, yes. But, <laughs> no, like, it just happens. It would have been nice if one of those touchdowns could have been a Galladay touchdown. You know, just one. Like, did we really need to give Marvin Jones four? But it's, it's what he does. He goes off. I can't really be mad at Marvin.
1: Can't be mad. We can't take it out on Marvin. Does the loss of on Johnson help any of these wide receivers in Detroit? I
2: think maybe Danny Amendola. Yeah, that's what I thought.
1: All right, we'll talk about Amendola. Right now, great segue, at, uh, Josh. Great segue, man. Unofficial segue by you. All right, let's move over. We're out of trust issues. Let's move over to them. Let's move over to them. The first list of guys we have here are wide receivers – that we want off of waivers, if they're on your waivers, which there's a chance they could be. They are Pascal. Am I saying the name right? Uh, Josh, nope. you're expert resident on how to pronounce names.
2: I, I, like, I like to go with Pascal. Pascal,
1: Pascal, however Dance you want to go with it.
2: Pasquale,
0: it actually is. No.
1: <laughs> and then we got Erickson from the Cincinnati Bengals, and we have Amendola, who Josh just named dropped a second ago. How, how do you want to list these guys off of waivers? So the first, your your, your top priority on waivers of these three guys going down the list. Anyone can jump in first.
2: I'm going Erickson first, and you know, part of me thinks that Pascal deserves to be right there. But it, 14 targets, that I like that. And for for whatever reasons, the the Bengals have been a good team for wide receiver production so far. I think they've put up five five wide receiver one weeks through the first you know through this part of the season and here comes here comes Erickson they they're doing a terrible job of protecting Dalton and so he's dumping the ball off to Boyd and Erickson they both had 14 targets last week and I like that It's
1: hard to complain. So then who do you have second?
2: I I think Pascal yeah. because The the big weak potential. I just I don't know that I have any use for Danny Amendola. I don't think he's ever going to get to fourteen targets like Erickson did. You know that I think Galladay and if not Barvin Jones will keep him from doing that. And I don't think he has the ceiling that Pascal has.
1: That's fair. I mean, as far as Erickson, obviously AJ Green when he ever comes back, whenever that's going to be, that will affect him greatly. I'm assuming. Um, But we're talking about waivers, which could be just for this one week. The interesting thing with Amendola is twice this year, he's had, you know, over 100 yard games, um, over 10 targets, each one of those games. I wonder what triggers that, you know, if it's just game script, if it's just what they're getting given to them. What kind of makes them fluctuate so heavy and then like nothing? I know he was injured, right? At least one week or two weeks, but. I wonder what makes him go up and down so much so dramatically like that with Amandola. We know he likes him because, you know, he's a former Patriot, former Patriot head coach. So it kind of kind of works. But I think um, I feel like just because of the A.J. Green thing, I feel like I'm, I want to say his name different than you just because you did it with the other name earlier. Pascal <laughs> Pascal. I, I kind of like him first. I don't know why. I just feel like, you know, the A.J. Green thing worries me with Erickson. So I kind of like him in the order that, you know, I had him listed Pascal, Erickson, Amendola you think there, there's anything to this Amendola thing, Adam? Or do you think it's just never going to be Yeah,
0: really cool? I mean, this is super perplexing to me because, I, I mean, I like all three as ads, but if you've got to rank them, I, I honestly, I put Pascal last.
1: Um, <laughs> we all win different. I love it.
0: Yeah, I know. It's weird <laughs> because, um, I mean, he just, he's the most inconsistent in targets. I mean, the most targets he's seen in a week is seven. And, you know, if he doesn't catch two touchdowns last week, we're probably not even talking about the guy. I mean, you know, he puts up six for 106. That's great. We might be bringing him up. But, I mean, he wouldn't really hold a candle to Erickson or what Amendola has been able to do when they're having their spike week. So I think from there it just becomes a question of, like, who out of Erickson and Amendola can actually maintain the targets that they're getting. And uh, I, re- I honestly, I don't know. Because I think Erickson very well could just be a flash in the pan and the second A.J. Green comes back, his targets go away like they never existed. Like, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Meanwhile, Amendola, I mean, he plays in an offense where he shouldn't be getting targets, but in the weeks where he's getting targeted, whatever it is about those matchups that they can exploit, Stafford's doing it. And, I mean, he's getting a ton of targets in those matchups and having huge performances. But the rest of the time, he's... Unstartable. I mean, you're looking at a guy who has two weeks over 20 fantasy points and then every other week is at seven points or below. So it's really I mean, it's a boom bust play in no a matter which one of them you play. Right. I think Pascal honestly offers the lowest floor. I think Erickson and Amendola offer the highest ceiling. So um, I think Amendola to me probably offers the highest no i don't even know if that's true yeah it's tough it's tough i don't know which way i'd go between amandola and erickson um but i think pascal has got to be last for me
1: i feel like i have pascal like as the number two he could be the number two in 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 indy this year to finish it out man like you know i just feel like you know erickson is going to get pushed aside when green comes back if green comes back now obviously like aj green gets traded then Erickson, for sure, has great value. You know what I mean? Going all the way out to finish the season. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I guess I'm thinking long-term and not just one week. But, yeah, man, this is an interesting group of guys, right? I guess if you're in wide receiver trouble right now, it's not a bad week for waivers. Um, I mean, if they're available. If all three were available. Um, but some of probably. And some leagues are not available. But it's an interesting group of guys. So we're all different. I got them first. Adam's got him last. Josh got him second. Erickson is an interesting guy. Amendola is just—I don't know, man. It's weird. The up and down so different. I don't know. I just like with Pascal, maybe a thing where like they're like maybe hey, they're realizing what they got. He could be that number two going forward, kind of
2: thing. You know what I mean?
1: Like now that he kind of broke out, does that make sense? That like he could they could if give that's what more. this is. Yeah, yeah,
2: he could. I mean, there's really not not a lot of competition there behind T. Y. Hilton. He apparently he's playing ahead of Paris Campbell. Yep. and He's stuck on the team for a couple of years. <laughs> I, I'm adding him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting group of guys. We'll see how it plays out moving forward, but it's an interesting group for sure. I love when we're split on, on uh, decisions like these because it makes it, it lets me know that it's a, a good question. <laughs> uh, the next group of guys that I want to rank with you guys is running backs that I'm done with in 2019. I'm, I've had it with them. And it's Joe Mixon melvin gordon and Devonta freeman i'm gonna i'll start this and shut up say i'm done with all three of them all three of them i want no part of it i have i I actually have gordon on a team where um i almost i want to say i missed the beginning of the draft and he like was auto-drafted to me and then i took eckler later and i i haven't even i don't even think i've played gordon since he came back i played eckler every week like i want no part of it like he's just a mess freeman we mentioned the Falcons earlier. I don't know what's going on there, but we mentioned earlier in the season that it seems like his 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 time is coming to a close. We I think we're right on that. But uh, and then Joe Mixon, I don't. Know. Bengals are a mess. I don't know what's you know, the O line's bad. Everything's bad there. So I'm done with all three of these for 2019. I have no hope for a big you know some special turnaround to happen or you know some light at the end of the tunnel. If I can get rid of these guys or bench these guys, because I'm. You know, have a good situation going off of somebody I you know picked off waivers or drafted or traded for. Then I have no problem sitting these guys. And each week I'll be hard pressed to tell you to start Gordon over a, a you know a multitude of guys as you know that coming into the season you wouldn't have said before.
2: I, th- I think I am the least done with Devonta Freeman. at first of all, he took a swing at Aaron Donald. Like-
1: <laughs> he also got lifted off the floor and carried.
2: <laughs> but. I, I, he still gets credit in my book for just <laughs> swinging, even if Aaron Donald is wearing a helmet. It, and his fantasy production, you know, he's got 18-point, 26-point games. He, he has not been horrible. Melvin Gordon, I don't know. I would like to say it's a slow start, but uh, I also kind of think that the team has just changed in his absence. Austin Eckler is there. They realize his, you know, utility, what he can bring to the table. And I don't think Eckler's going away. And then Joe Mixon, I, it, it, that team is just not doing him any favors. I don't think it's going to get any better for him. If I could trade Joe Mixon away at something resembling fair, I would do it.
1: So you're, you're, you're most done with Mixon, then Gordon, then Freeman. You still feel pretty
2: good. Yeah, like I feel like there's some hope that Melvin Gordon gets going. Devonta Freeman, I feel like, has, has been fine. Yeah, and Joe Mixon doesn't get me excited. is a hole. It's fine for wide receivers that are in Cincinnati, but it's not working out for the running backs.
1: <laughs> yeah, It's crazy. Adam, how do you feel?
0: Yeah, I feel like you're just being dramatic. Um, <laughs> I mean, Josh is totally right. Freeman, I mean, it's a complete overreaction. It was one week, he got ejected, and they got blown out. So there's not a lot you can really draw from that game. In the three weeks prior, he put up over 18 fantasy points every single week. That's phenomenal. So, yeah, I'm not – there's no question of me. Devonta Freeman's still an every-week starter for me. He's a guy that I'm still trying to start in DFS. I think that he's just somebody who continuously is going under the radar. Now, Gordon and Mixon are completely opposite side of the spectrum. Mixon, I, I, I think he got, you got you cannot start him anymore. You have to stop starting him. They don't, they're, they're not even using him anymore. I mean, he's seen eight and 10 attempts the last two weeks. He had two yards last week. I mean, what are we talking about here? Like he, he's been phased out entirely. It's very weird, but uh, he, I don't, I mean, I don't know if he's injured and they're just not disclosing it or what the situation is, but I think that he's somebody who, I mean, you can't drop him. You can't trade him, but you've got to just have him sit on your bench until, Something changes that's dramatic.
2: Ooh, what was that? I'm sorry. <laughs> I was checking stats on Nixon and the NFL app. Sound sound was on.
1: hmm I get it. Ricky
2: no. shit. I'm listening to a Very word Devonta I'm Freeman. saying. I was,
1: listen, listen. I was Hold on. I'm, Adam, stop this. Listen, man. You guys are giving Devonta Freeman too much love, man. Week one, he sucked. Last week, he sucked. I he got ejected and everything, whatever. But week two, he wasn't really that great. There was nothing. The only reason you guys believe in this dude right now, he has literally, what, a couple of receiving touchdowns this year. So if it wasn't for the receptions he was getting in PPR, you would not be talking this way about him. Just because of those, you're hanging on to him. But like in reality, yeah, this is not the guy he once was.
0: You, what are you talking about? You were just like, yeah, a guy who, you know, just scores touchdowns and gets receptions. No, no, like no, no. run. Who he's wants not that? rushed.
1: He hasn't rushed for one touchdown this year. He's a running back. That's, he hasn't rushed yeah, for that's one. Fine. And he's then scored he scored Three, but they happened in the last and only week five and six. It's not like he was doing it, you know, once a game or something. Like I don't know, man. I think there's a I think in between us is is real what's happening here because he's not he's he's not the Defender Freeman I once loved, I guess. And no, I'm not, not used to the inconsistency and the, you know, up and down and all this kind of stuff. I'm used to him running touchdowns and doing great in every aspect. You know what I mean? And it's just, I don't know. I mean, yeah, obviously you don't have to overreact on them or whatever, but like there's just guys that I like more and I'm more confident in than I ever, you know, am right now in Devonta Freeman. And it's like, I, I'm used to the Devonta Freeman of old and I see it slipping away, I guess. And so that's kind of where I'm at. And I don't know if that's a team thing too. You know, there's other guys that are there when Freeman was there maybe less cluttered i don't know but yeah we'll see we'll see how it stays hopefully matt ryan is healthy and stays healthy and it doesn't matter without sanu there anymore that should help <laughs> the uh let me see the last group that we have here is uh qb's that should remain starters and the reason i put these guys together is because they're all starting right now they're all playing well right now and they all have a starting quarterback who is not starting because of injuries. And I'm curious how you guys feel. Like if I, I don't I don't know if there's any of these guys where if their starting quarterback comes back, you feel like they shouldn't continue starting or they should, or if you feel if you if you lean one player more than the other, if that makes sense. So like the players are uh, Minshew, Allen, and Bridgewater. Um, they've all done excellent, right? In replacement of guys that were starting before them. And so Breeze should be coming back soon, I believe. Newton, the same, likely. And then Foles, I don't know how far we're out still. But um, do you guys believe any of them should remain the starter? Like if you were running the organization right now, or even from a fancy aspect because you want it to happen so bad, do you believe any three of these guys should remain the starter when the actual previous, you know, begin of the season starter comes back?
0: I yeah, Minshew magic's got to continue, no question.
1: <laughs> so what do you do with Foles then? Like, do, d- does the organization have to trade
0: this guy? I now? don't know. You put a mustache on him and put a <laughs> Minshew jersey and hope that he's better. Um, but uh, but if you if you are an owner of a team, gotta Gardner Minshew it. is your quarterback, man. What about, what about Bridgewater
1: and Allen? Are these guys just future starters where they're at right now? Or do you think there's any chance that their teams will hold off the other starter and continue to wrestle them because of them?
2: I guess there's a chance that Drew Brees retires, but I don't think that you can set Drew Brees.
0: Yeah, I think Drew Brees is still two, three years away from retirement. I don't know. I think Bridgewater has shown enough, though, that he could definitely go start somewhere else, but I don't think that he wants to. I think that he wants to stay there. At least that's what he's wanted so far. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if anything transpires in the offseason. But I think him and Allen both have proved that they can – they could start for NFL franchises. There's a couple NFL franchises right now that they could walk right on. I mean, in Miami and Washington, like those guys are starters, easy. I thought you were going to say um, Oakland. <laughs> what's that? I you in Chicago. I thought you were going no, to say Oakland. <laughs> I mean, maybe Oakland interests. I don't know. But
2: it would Chicago. Like surprise me if Cam Newton retired. I, I guess after this Andrew Luck thing, I'm just like I just expect everybody to just quit playing,
1: but <laughs> it's true. It's possible.
2: He may not come back.
1: Got enough money, got no reason, man. Unless you just want to come back to play the game. Yeah, Cam's had his his uh you know, he's had some injuries, so it wouldn't make it would make sense the way he's played. I don't know. I just think these guys are three fun quarterbacks and it just kinda sucks knowing that they have to be shelved at some point. You know what I mean? Like I'm just kinda like, Come on, can we win another game? <laughs> like it's just fun watching them all do good. So it'll suck to see them go away. I wonder how fans of those teams feel. Like, do you think any of those fans want these guys benched? Like when they're all rolling like that? Like, I think Allen and Bridgewater are both like five and zero since they became starters. Am I right?
0: Yeah, I don't think there's a single Saints fan that's like, let's keep Bridgewater. He's better. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. I think they're winning. You know, with yeah. Bridgewater, you know, more in spite of him yeah. than because of him. Yeah. But yeah. uh, but I think that that's possible in carolina just because cam newton's gotten so much bad press even though i think that he's a completely underrated quarterback
1: yeah he is all right well these three are fun to watch while they last like you guys said i think Minshew will actually hold on to that also because of the like public perception and the you know the craze around him so that's gotta be that's gotta play here um but let's go ahead and move over to the not so obvious flex of the week's where many of us are not so successful sometimes. <laughs> um, let's discuss, first of all, who won last week, Mr. Golden Tate, Josh.
2: Yeah, dug Deep. Doug Deep for the number one wide receiver on the New York Giants.
1: <laughs> you knocked off my Darius Slayton. You knocked off Frank Gore. You knocked off some help, some competition there, Josh.
2: You did it, man. Golden Tate. I heard that Golden Tate said that they made – Oh, who, what was the team that they played? They made him look like the 85 Bears. I thought <laughs> oh, that was so funny.
1: <laughs> You're a big Golden Tate fan, man.
2: He's great. He's great. It's bullshit that he got suspended for four weeks just trying to make a baby. Did you guys did you guys hear about that? <laughs> Those fertility know. drugs. At least that was his story, right? Yeah. yeah. Come on. Cut the it's guy's back. It's a good story.
1: <laughs> it's a good story. Yeah, he called the Cardinals the 85 Bears. Oh,
2: yeah, I made the Cardinals look like the 85 Bears.
1: The Cardinals' offense looks like the 85 Bears. <laughs> oh, sorry, ass head coach. I want to keep slandering them just because I'm tired of the John Gruden slander when this guy is no better. Fuck that shit. All right. On to our Flex of the Week. Our new Flex of the Week since Josh won. We threw the party. Hurrah, it's over. Our Flex Locks of the Week. Uh, does anyone want to, go, want to go first here? I feel like I should go first. You're not going to steal my guy this week, so it doesn't matter. But I'm going to go first anyway. I'm going to go with a tight end. And it's a Raiders tight end. And it's not Darren Waller. It's Foster, oh Foster Moreau.
0: Foster Neil, could you just please, for once, pick someone who will score over five points? He's going to. Just <laughs> he's, once. He's going to. Just once, dude. We have listeners, my <laughs> think.
1: Let me plead my case. And they're
0: really sad Thank that week you, after week, you, you continue listener. to yeah. do this.
1: Let <laughs> me plead my case. They're playing the no, Texans. you do. Listen. He,
0: he wears the silver and black. I bleed this silver and black. Reader. This is my first Raider.
1: This is my first Raider on here. What are
0: you talking about? It's got to be my first Zay Jones or whoever they I did not say Zay like Jones two weeks ago. I
1: did not say Zay, I said JJ Nelson like week two.
0: Oh, so you did say someone else. I'll admit that the I Raiders. Say JJ Nelson. Anyway, Foster that Monroe, was a terrible pick as well.
1: The Raiders are playing the Texans who just let Ebron and Doyle get like seven catches, hundred almost a hundred yards, a touchdown. So there could be success had against these guys. The Raiders tight ends are literally their offense. Other than Josh Jacobs, who I, I still want an apology from Josh about this guy. But um, listen, teams are going to th- listen. Have you guys seen Waller play? Waller is one of the best tight ends of football. It is not even a question. And the Raiders play Waller and Moreau a lot of times together on the field. Or when they see Moreau in the game, they think, OK, oh, we can we can get off the tight end because Waller's not in there. Nothing's going to happen. And this guy makes plays, man. He makes catches. It's no joke. They play two tight end sets. They throw him the ball. He makes plays. OK, Waller exhausts the linebackers. Moreau comes in and cleans up. So I believe he'll continue to see targets, more targets each week. Number one, because the wide receivers suck in Oakland. They got nobody else to throw to. You guys are hurt, beat up, A, B, dipped. We got all kinds of issues at wide receiver. So I believe Foster Moreau can catch a touchdown this week. I do believe it. And that will already get me over my five points. Adam, thank you very much. And then all we need is a couple catches 30, 40 yards, and I'm going to beat anybody you guys put up. So, Foster Moreau, listen, I wish you guys would dig deep for once. How about that, Adam? You guys should dig deeper.
0: Digging deep doesn't matter when your guy doesn't score five points, dude. It does. Like, what are you He's gonna doing? Do it.
1: He's going to do it.
0: Duh, Darius Slayton last week. Well, that's because
1: I got bumped. I got bumped by this guy here, and every uh-huh. single giant player came back to play healthy.
0: Yeah. Okay, dude. Whatever you say. Josh, do you want to give the folks at home someone who might actually score a fantasy point
2: or two this week? Sure. How about how about Corey Davis against the Bucks? Love with, it. With the with the newfound quarterback genius that is Ryan Tannehill.
1: That's fair. He is a genius. And Corey Davis is going to do great. Just like he did last week.
2: Part of Obviously. me wanted to pick A.J. Brown. I'm still not sure which, which guy to go with, but we'll go Corey Davis. He's getting a little bit more volume.
1: Yeah, take the easier route, Josh.
2: Yeah, I, 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 hey. I, I'll
1: keep taking the deep flexes. All, all the deep dynasty leagues out there, all the, all the deep leagues, all you guys appreciate my takes. I'm I'm helping you guys. Don't worry about it. These two will give you the obvious takes for your 10-team standard league scoring. Go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead Adam. Getting their 10-team league flex. <laughs> well wait. We're waiting. Come on, Mr. <laughs> fucking Obvious. Go ahead. You guys can I just also wanna know you are got, you're listen, starting the you guys, Raiders backup listen, tight end. For the listeners.
0: What leagues, we're in a two tight end dynasty league and still nobody's gonna listen, start him. Like let me what help, are you doing? Listen, let me
1: let me say to the listeners some time. If you want Adam or Josh's flex locks a week you can go to ESPN.com and look at one of the articles that are up there and they'll you'll get them right there. <laughs> no paid uh, memberships yeah. to any sites you don't need any you know guys who study that just espn.com and you'll find all these guys takes right there i'll go yeah, ahead Adam, 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 you Adam, I'm need
0: to find neil's guys is just go to the raiders depth chart and pick a name you haven't read before
1: <laughs> they're practice squad players thank you
0: <laughs> go ahead Adam. we're waiting mr obvious come on i i actually i've got three people that i'm trying to decide between um so i i'm gonna take the one with the uh lowest salary on DraftKings, so i was just going through trying to figure out which that was really quick here so um yeah my uh my lock of the week this week's gonna be dd westbrook um he's seen a consistent rise in targets over the last three weeks and he's actually begun to out target dj shark on that team
2: yeah uh, i love it. Yeah, love
0: it i think i think just from a volume standpoint he he's somebody who's been extremely consistent and I do not see that changing especially against the Jets defense that was just torn up on Monday night here so yeah for me D.D. West the pick even though it's way too obvious and you know everybody's already going to be starting him and you know I, my, my apologies for not helping out the uh, 32 Honestly, team I just need to win. two tight end leagues I just need to there. win
1: one week of this episode that's all I care about just one fucking week and I'll throw It's going to be next week,
0: I guess. I,
1: I, I'll take. Okay. We'll see. We'll see, Mr. Obvious. We'll see how this plays out. And I'm not even going to Twitter. When I Twitter poll this, I have no chance because these guys pick your fan favorites. Go check what ESPN projected them to get, and you'll figure it out. But, uh, Dude, if Foster your Monroe. guy
0: catches one catch for a touchdown, you're going to lose your mind and be like, I knew it! I knew it! I knew he was going to do it. I knew that he was just going to fall in the end zone. How with many that
1: points football. will Foster Moreau need to beat your players?
0: If he scores double-digit points, I mean, that... Oh, you yeah. Win. Yeah. Sure. Right, so yeah, think, if he can get to 10. 10. Right. I mean, if he gets to 8, that's like, you know, that, that's one point for the catch, 10 yards and a touchdown, like... If he if he could go above that, then yeah, we got this. We got this.
2: Look, Dee and Corey Davis are both forty four and forty five hundred dollars on DraftKings. That that's not obvious. Foster's sure. hundred bucks. I mean that
0: that's essentially that's what I've been doing each week is trying to pick somebody who's under five k
2: on DraftKings, and you know the lower I can go, the better. Foster Moreau is $7.5. <laughs> <laughs> they will actually give you money to
1: put him in. <laughs> it's a handicap pick. You get a handicap for it. Oh, man. It's all right. Listen, I spice things up here, guys. Keep shit original. Let's move over the not so obvious flex of the week since I should might as well change this to ESPN's obvious flex of the week. But uh, let's go ahead and jump over to Fowler No Foul, which I have. St- Three fun ones for us today. The first one, um, Adam will be familiar with. I don't know if Josh will be because it's an MMA an MMA statement here, but MMA fighters should be allowed to use inhalers in between rounds. Foul or no foul? And let me preface this. Let me preface this just for Josh as well. There's a fighter, Greg Hardy, former NFL star, right? One who uh, was arrested for assault in his girlfriend, I believe she was. Um fights in the ufc was on the card this past weekend was it this weekend i think it was this weekend um and he used an asthma inhaler in between rounds (laughs) and um his his he said it was approved by the you know commission but his loss was to his win was taken away because he used it in between rounds everybody flipped out when they seen him do it they're like what the hell are you serious right now this guy's using an inhaler in between rounds he says that he has exercise induced asthma and then he was allowed to use this and so they're going to fight it but uh, foul or no foul on fighters using inhalers in between rounds
2: I feel like there should be like a stress test that shows that they are like legit and and already operating at such a deficit that the the inhaler is only allowing them to function
1: that's what he's that's his excuse he said that I take the inhaler so I can breathe normal just like you guys.
2: I would like to believe that, but I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> Adam, do you agree with the man? Oh, I'd like to believe it too, but it's Greg fucking Hardy we're talking <laughs> <Yeah>. about here.
2: <laughs> like,
0: oh, I'm sorry, you don't get the benefit of the doubt anymore. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude is a cheat. He He's a piece of shit, and I cannot wait to finally watch him fight somebody who can actually beat his ass. How um, about that's going to be great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Jesus. But, uh, but yeah, as far as like it, it being illegal, it's interesting. I wouldn't have ever really thought about it because it seems so out there. Um, but when I saw it circling around social media, cause I didn't watch the fight card, I, I was more perplexed than anything. I was like, wait, that's, that's illegal. Like I, I get it, but at the same time, it's one of those things that, like, it didn't even cross my mind. Like, I never would have even thought about it because I've never used an inhaler personally, maybe. So I've never really thought about the concept in athletics. But, like, is that something that's allowed in the NFL? Is it allowed in other sports? I, I would assume he so. He said he
1: used it in the NFL when he was axed in his, in his uh, yeah. post-fight
0: conference. So it's interesting um, that it's not, you, you know, allowed in MMA. Um, but... You know, as it stands right now, rules are rules. So you know, no foul. But it, as far as like, should they change the rule? I, I don't know. Do you think it gives an unfair advantage? I mean, it is, man. I don't. I guess I don't know enough about what an inhaler actually does in the moment. My my understanding is it expands your lungs or your. like your airway to allow more air in.
1: Yeah, I believe that's what it does.
0: So I guess if it does that, it could potentially give an unfair advantage because you're able to take in more air. But you know, his argument or the argument of someone who claims they need it would be that in those moments, they're not getting as much air as a normal person. It's just getting them back up to normal levels. So it's not an unfair advantage. I don't know, it's interesting. Yeah, it interesting. Uh, I didn't watch the fight either, so I wasn't able to really assess if he like got a boost from it at all, but I know from watching his previous fights that the guy had gassed in multiple <laughs> yeah, fights. Yeah. So, it's not that shocking to me that he's trying to use it.
1: Yeah. I thought it was funny too because you know there's a lot of controversy around him, obviously with his past, which a lot of people are not in favor of. And I thought it was funny because I was looking up something on it. I seen it, I came across an ESPN article, which if people know ESPN has a deal with the UFC now, so that's where all their like shows are at. I thought it was funny because there's an article on there that says uh, UFC signing Greg Hardy as a major mistake. And I don't know who this reporter is, um, Jeff Wagenheim. And uh, it was from 2018 before they had to deal with UFC. So I thought it was funny that, you know, ESPN posted this article, you know, kind of knocking the UFC for doing it. But now you have him fight on your cards on your TV channel. You know what I mean? It's like, the hell? Because at the end of the article, it says that at what cost, though, Endeavor is an entertainment talent agency that conducts much of its business in Hollywood, which is ground zero of the Me Too movement. The ownership should know better. Abuse of women was a depraved offense long before Harvey Weinstein, but now how tone deaf can the UFC get? Well, I guess the same question could be asked about ESPN, right? Same place you guys get your flexes. Um, yeah, it's questionable.
0: All right. Okay, Mr. Weinstein over there. So we're just letting that one slide.
1: We have to let all pronunciation slide at this Jeez. point. We let sana, sana, pronunciation.
0: Sana, what sana, the hell is sana, happening? So
1: now, listen. It is what it is. All right. Uh, also, did you see he took a new fight, Adam?
0: No. Did they? Uh, did they already uh, announce his next opponent?
1: Well, uh, Junior De, De, uh, Dos Santos uh, pulled out of his fight, and Greg Hardy stepped up to take it.
0: Say what now? <laughs> yeah. Alexander oh, This Volkov. is what I've been waiting Alexander for. Alexander Volkov. Oh wow. It's going to be fun when's that fight
1: uh, i think it's uh november 9th
0: wow so okay really soon all right
1: interesting fun you'll be watching that card a bit
0: everyone's yeah that, be that'll be out. interesting
1: <laughs> all right um the next one the nfl went too far in aaron sam darnold sideline comments about seeing <laughs> ghost this has raised a big funk right everyone's like bashing sam darnold about it or there's or they're defending sam darnold about it Everyone's saying they can't believe it was released or told or, you know, told to the world. So do you guys believe the NFL went too far in Aaron, this comment that he made about seeing ghosts? Because it sure looks like he was rattled by it all. How do you feel about it, guys?
0: Hell no. This is what I want to see. I want more transparency in the NFL because I honestly wish that we got more transparency so that we could start getting some of this ridiculous bravado out of the NFL mentality because at the end of the day when you look at how adam case was talking to Sam darnold like that that's a really good communicator or at least you know the right way you want to handle someone in that situation especially a young quarterback like that who is having just the worst game of his life uh ultimately like i think having that transparency is exciting from an entertainment perspective i think that like that really the negative aspect of it is just social media because social media makes everything negative so you know people are gonna talk like he's a baby oh he's terrible oh you know we're gonna make all these jokes and that's just it but I mean at the end of the day I think as a fan that's what I want I mean I want to have that transparency I want to you know see Bill Belichick getting the entire defense together on the sidelines and having a huddle while they're up like 27 points but they're still you know game planning you know i want to see those little intricacies so to me it it's worth it from a fan perspective
1: yeah i'm with you on that because i'm all about the story man the rawness the journey right because like we could be way more excited about sam darnold having a good day if we've seen his low right if we know how bad he's really struggled to find that success like we can appreciate it more so i feel like for sure, it's better, but a lot of people are upset about it. I don't know. A lot of people don't like it. Josh, are you a fan of it or?
2: Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. That's all I care about, man. I love this. Stuff. I love the players that get on Twitter. I like hearing what they say on the sideline. It's just, it's better. It is better, better. entertainment.
1: I agree. We all agree. Guys, stop boohooing about this. We're making a big deal about it. I don't know why. It does suck if you're like a Jets fan. you're like, our quarterbacks that you see in Ghost is terrible.
0: <laughs> uh, but he was. Like, it was just honest. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It just sounds defeating. You know, like, God, man, what are we going to do?
0: <laughs> I mean, it was that too. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was.
1: You could watch your quarterback run to the end zone and fumble into the end zone for the second time in two years. You could also see that. So that's what I had to see as a Raider fan. Derek you son of a bitch. All right. Um, the last one I have here, what
2: a good coach could probably get him to stop doing that, don't you think?
1: Probably one in Arizona, right?
2: (laughs) How many times has Kyler Murray fumbled into the end zone?
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the answer more wildcat, right? More wildcat.
2: I I like like it. I
1: bet you do. I bet you do. The last one here, in the uh, since we're coming into the holiday, Halloween season here. Teenagers who trick-or-treat with no costume should still get candy. or No foul With
2: no costume. Yep.
1: Happens all the time around here.
0: That's, yeah, the costume's where you draw the line. Draw the line there.
1: Are you cool with teenagers yeah. trick-or-treating?
0: Of course. Okay, high schoolers, I, I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's okay. got to be something that's encouraged. Because, like, we all know all the other things teenagers do. Let's encourage them to do the one thing that's not terrible. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, it just... But, I, but I've never a costume, got the discouraging right? of what about uh, teenagers trick or treating? A, a
1: costume, a costume could be as simple as like a Jason mask. Boom, just a mask yeah, and then street clothes are sure.
0: good. Go ahead, there you go. But no, I mean, but no costume. When you become a teenager, it's such a different vibe when you're trick or treating anyway, because it's just like an excuse to hang out with your friends and walk around. Like, so yeah, just throw on a mask or you know, take five minutes to assemble some sort of costume or watch an old Adam Sandler SNL bit and go as the man with a cucumber for an arm, not give him some candy. Because <laughs> uh, that, that's the whole reason that whole SNL skit existed. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, look up uh, Adam Sandler SNL Halloween costumes on YouTube. It's, it's some of his best work.
1: Do you guys still trick or treat?
2: I go, I, we walk around with my son.
1: Okay, I feel like Adam still dresses up and goes by himself.
0: i knew that question was directed at me. we could be doing so much worse
2: (laughs) it's true i very well could be be. yeah
0: there definitely is an age restriction
2: um but i think
0: (laughs) that like even through high school like it's you know it's weird but i mean go for it (laughs) like you know like i said before there's so many worse things that you could be doing
1: the best part is when you're a parent you gotta check for that poison. You know what I mean? Say, listen, kids. You guys put all your candy
2: and razor on the blades.
1: table. You guys put all your candy on the table. I'll check for razor blades and poison, and then I'll give you back what you you know what's not poisonous, and you get the good stuff. That's how this works. Yeah, it, isn't it
0: weird how those like black and orange candies they never have razor blades in them never. or like Smarties never. or Kit
2: Kats? One hundred percent poison.
0: Yes. Yeah. Kit oh, no, Kats are like made of poison. Yo, no, Kit Kats are actually
1: poison. Yeah, they're a terrible candy.
0: Yeah, it's weird. They're trash.
2: KK's. but i have built up an immunity so it's safe.
1: <laughs> that's what we'll call it all right that's all i have for today for foul or no foul let's go ahead let's move to closing out this show we have show and tell before we close it out it depends on what you guys have i'm just gonna open this up really quick with uh, a podcast episode that i listened to i've spoken about them before i believe on the podcast um the uh, stuff you should know podcast i listen to an yeah. episode oh shout out to chuck and josh he's a better oh josh than you josh most joshes are like josh jacobs that josh you got competition buddy but there's this episode i don't know if you guys listened to it it was back in like july maybe the end of july um i just kind of scroll through their thing sometimes i don't actually listen to the ones as they come out um but they told a story about a man who didn't eat for a year and i thought it was an interesting episode because i didn't know that was possible <laughs> i thought it was impossible for anyone to not do that to do that um but I clearly this dude's some kind of medical marvel I thought it was, I think it was one of the short episodes too. So you don't have to it's not too time consuming. Um, but I just I think it's cool because anytime I listen to episodes of podcasts where it's like something I thought that was impossible actually happened, it kind of pushes out the impossible. It kind of pushes impossible further away from me, if that makes sense. And so I feel like that's important to kind of hear of those things if they happen when they happen. So I thought it was a cool, you know, a cool episode about, you know, this rare case that this actually happened. It was really interesting how it happened and how it actually worked. But uh, yeah, I highly recommend you guys. It's a it's a quick episode. I think it's like fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, something like that. So it's a it's a cool episode to listen to. But yeah, shout out to that Stuff You Should Know podcast because I listen to episodes about ballpoint pens or whatever just at random uh, because they make it interesting. So yeah, shout out to that podcast.
0: What was the episode called one more time? Because um, uh, that straight up wrinkled my brain. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i think it was actually the man who didn't eat for a year it was something like real obvious like
0: okay like something i won't miss got it
1: yeah let me yeah read. that's
0: um i'll pull it up let me see really quick no that's that's perplexing
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was i didn't think it was possible I thought it was gonna be like some kind of you know gimmicky episode where it didn't make sense really to the episode title but uh yeah it was called short stuff the man who didn't eat for a Year." And the kind of huh. just, it says here that the bio part of it says description says in 1965 a 456 pound man walked into a hospital in Scotland and asked for help with a fast that was the last day he ate for more than a year. Learn about Whoa. the medical marvel that was Angus Barbieri. Yep, real shit, guys. Yeah,
0: man. Nobody let David Blaine find out about this.
1: <laughs> He'll push it, right? He'll do it for to kill himself. <laughs> All right, what do you guys got for show-and-tell? Anything?
2: My, mine's very short, so I'll just get it out of the way. My show-and-tell is that you should let your barber trim your beard because he does it better.
0: Yes, Woo! yes, <laughs> yes. You know what? And also, it's one of the few things that I've ever done as a dude where I've been like that, like I felt pampered. Like, But not like, I I don't know how to put it, other than the first time I had someone shave my beard, it. it's – uncomfortably intimate yeah
2: kind of, yeah
0: <laughs> but once you get past that it's so relaxing it's crazy i love it i do i do it like every 2 weeks 2 to 3 weeks it's it's fantastic
1: it's important that you go to a, a good place though or a place with a good reputation oh for sure i i actually i don't let people touch my beard for the most part i just do it myself it's just easier that way but um i did let someone do it one time it was at a barber shop uh and they didn't put nothing on my face. Nothing to moisturize, no cream, no hot towel, no anything. And safe to say, my face was bleeding by the end of it. It was horrible. And it kind of like scarred me. Neil,
0: why are you going to these back alley barbers? That's what it was. I will not name it. You really hurting for cash I will not
1: name it. I will not name it. And I don't don't go to barbers to get a haircut, obviously, because I don't need it. But uh, yeah, man, the beard is a, it's one of those things where like I gotta trust, you know, and know the reputation before I even commit because like I'm afraid to go in there and they're just gonna like chop half of it off. I'm like, oh my god, you just ruined my life because my beard is everything. So yeah, just reputation is important. So Josh has a good barber, right, Josh?
2: I I like him. I've been going there for a long time. You got
1: fantasy leagues at the barber. Josh got everything going on there.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it really is a great barber shop. <laughs>
1: it's hard to find. <laughs> Once you get it, you gotta keep it. Yeah, Adam. Anything, man?
0: Yeah, I mean, last week, uh, a lot of people seemed to really love the Two Bears, One Cave podcast recommendations. So I'm going to stay right in that same lane uh, because Bert Kreischer, one of the uh, aforementioned bears from the uh, Two Bears podcast, he he has a YouTube series that I've watched every episode of and I freaking love it. Uh, It's a... YouTube cooking series called Something's Burning with Burt Kreischer and it's exactly what it sounds like. I mean, it he attempts to cook a meal and then he brings on a comedian friend or two as guests and they just shoot the shit and it's basically like a podcast but throughout it he's cooking a meal and it's uh, it's one of my favorite things. Like whenever there's a new episode of it, I'm immediately watching it that night and uh, I, I highly recommend it, especially if you checked out Two Bears, One Cave already and enjoyed that. Then this is right in that same lane.
1: Yeah. Did, did you watch someone with Brendan Shaw and Brian Kelly?
0: Oh, yeah. I've watched all of them. But Ridic- the, yeah, yeah. yeah, the Chio Pino episode. Yeah, he was made- literally like killing it-
1: lobsters. He had no clue what he was doing. He was like, oh, no,
0: man, it was wild. <laughs> was like,
1: you have to YouTube this, man. You cannot just kill lobsters and not know what you're doing. It yeah. Was, the most
0: hilarious. recent episode that he did, he uh, he competed in a burger cook-off competition with sebastian uh meniscalto i believe is how you pronounce his last name yeah uh S- sebastian is all you need to say if you know him you'll know him um but uh he competed against him and then uh they're both friends with roy Choi, who is uh known for like ber- like innovating the food truck um and he judged it uh, and that, that was a really fun episode. So yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of them, but I, I really recommend it. I, I really enjoy that content. So
1: I recommended a man who didn't eat and you're recommending a man who clearly eats <laughs> See how true. that works. We're just, in, we're just in sync here, man. You are in sync. All right. Well, I mean, that's it. That's our show and tells. We'd love to, are we going to say bye, bye, bye.
0: <laughs>
2: That end zone dance was awesome. This guy. Oh, <laughs> oh,
0: it's true. That end zone dance was awesome. I wasn't even referencing that. He just said in sync. <laughs> I just had to get it in again. But uh, this is. But um, yeah. Yeah, uh, the end zone dance is the shit.
1: <laughs> Look at this. The end zone dance. I said in sync. You said bye bye bye. Had nothing to do with each other. We're just rolling, guys. We're just rolling. We are. We are on the same page. Minus the ESPN flexes that you guys hand out. Other than that, we are like right there with each other so let me go ahead and give out your social media since i love you guys so much we got josh's at jc crocker new article out yet buddy
2: yep today jason Edmonds on the front on the front cover there
0: on the front cover
2: rb1 Jesus.
1: rb1
0: <laughs>
1: man that's your new dude johnson
0: god my 22 best ball ownership just I almost wants david johnson to just go away <laughs>
2: I definitely have more Edmonds than David Johnson, just for sheer opportunity, you know?
0: Yeah, I own a bunch of both, but the Chase Edmonds value, just, yeah, the teams that he's on is just so much nicer.
1: With that, Adam just talked over his social media handle, so we will not give it out. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, At the other FF guys where you can find him, um, which, what do you mostly do on there, Adam?
0: uh a lot of nothing mostly argue.
1: (laughs) people would drop what what do you do on there
0: you know i i i I interact with the fantasy football community i'm gonna look
1: for your last tweet
0: we're gonna read it on here and see what it is Uh, oh that's good content i'm sure everyone would appreciate this last
1: tweet from adam (laughs) let's see what it is just i don't even know i want them to know what they're missing if they're not
0: following you okay i mean it's true it's a good follow
1: yeah Okay, well, it doesn't look like you've tweeted anything really. You're just retweeting people for the most part. Yeah, I
0: mean, that's, you know, that's why it's a good follow. I don't say anything unless it needs to be
1: said. His actual tweet, not his retweet. Uh, Peter Jennings said, depressing to think about how many teams were made with Chase Edmonds that swapped off with the DJ News. And Adam's uh, response was, these are real tears. So this is the kind of stuff you're going to get from Adam. So please follow Adam
0: at the. High quality content.
1: Yeah. Someone else said something and his reply was stop. Um, again, high quality stuff. <laughs> this is good. This is good stuff. You're not if you're not following him, you're missing. You're missing out. So definitely follow Adam at the other FF guy. And then you can follow me at Clock Dodgers. Go to Clock Dodgers website, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, do something awesome, read Josh's articles, follow Adam for the stop comments and other things with crying tears and all this other good stuff, man. We appreciate everybody. We love you guys constantly we love their interactions and all this good stuff other than that that's all i got that's all you guys got we're good we're good, good. we're good <laughs> that sounded so bad Just like, uh all right that's it we're all done as always guys be kind be great keep
0: dying